Hello everybody, happy Thursday. I am here with a water bottle and my phone going off because uh, apparently my phone goes off a lot during this interview, I'm sorry, and also right now. Uh, a couple days later when I'm recording this, so that's great. But yeah, I'm here with my water bottle uh, because I'm thirsty as fuck for some water. And today I have uh, such an inspiring woman here with me today. She is the co-founder slash creator of Lithe Lashes. Uh, they were so kind enough a couple of months ago to send me some of their products for me to try out. And I just fell in love with the brand and I've been doing some other work for them. And, you know, I asked Linda if she wanted to be on my podcast and she said yes. And, uh... I'm just so delighted that I had the opportunity to speak with her. So she's so wonderful. She has such good advice. She's such an inspiring person and woman. And you know what? I hope you enjoyed this interview as much as I did. Hi, my name is Kate Luna and welcome to And What About It? The podcast I made for me that I get to share with you. Okay, so you are like you are the creator or the founder of Leith. <laughs> I want to I want to record that so badly because everyone <laughs> always calls it Lith or Leith, uh-huh. but it's actually Lithe Lithe oh, lashes. Lithe Lithe lashes. Okay, I've been yeah. saying Leith. My bad. No. Oh, I like, but I like that better. I like Lithe. Yeah, it's like you know, give life to your lashes. Okay, that's beautiful because I think <laughs> when I looked it up, it it's like this is it's like a Greek word, yeah. Um, I think it's an old English word. At least that's what I got from uh, Merriam on the, the dictionary. Mm. Um, but yeah, no, I never actually heard that it was Greek. Oh, okay. interesting. But yeah, it's it's just um, I think it's an old English word that started with just describing like a female's body and then it kind of just evolved into like a dance terminology to describe Mm. the way that like a ballerina would move so Mm. yeah it just had a lot of meanings to it it just evolved over the decades and I think now it has a more general and broad meaning which means like it's very willowsome flexible thin but also like durable and so when Matt and I my husband slash business partner came across that name we were just that word we were just like oh my god that's it that's exactly it so your husband helped you create the brand yeah he was a big part of the brand yeah oh that's amazing that's really really good yeah Yeah, he's um he's a numbers guy like he's in fine he was in finance Mm -hmm. um and just this year in january he left to support me full-time that is beautiful. I love to hear that. Oh my goodness. I, I'm <laughs> dyslexic, so numbers do not run through my head at all. <laughs> Same. Yeah. I am as well. Oh my God. It's it's rough. Um, but I that's so amazing that he's like here to support you just because I feel like your brand now is 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 really taking off. Like at least from what the past couple weeks of experience that I've had with it. Like oh, it's thank just you. amazing to see what is going on. But um like what what do you do uh just specific to the brands like what is like your day-to-day and and what is uh Lithe for people who like are listening and don't know yeah so Lithe was founded by uh me 
And um, that started about two years ago when I was looking for a lash extension alternative that I could wear for daily use. Mm -hmm. um, and I kind of, I'm kind of OCD. Like I am very like fastidious when I do things. I feel like it always needs to be perfect. And for me, looking at all the beauty products that were in the market, a lot of it was just non-recyclable and sustainable at that time. And there were just a lot of like lash extension alternatives but they were marketed as cruelty-free when they would actually harvest like mink. Um, yeah, so that just kind of rubbed me the wrong way. And so I started to just think about my own collection and how I wanted the product to look. Um, and so it's kind, it kind of evolved into a family business. So I'm sure you've seen our packaging online. It's this donut-looking gray tray. Yeah. Um, my dad's actually an engineer, so he helped me design that tray. It's uh, biodegradable, so it actually houses the lash curl so that it doesn't go flat after wearing it for like a few weeks. Oh, that is so cool. Yeah, so we oh worked on goodness. that. Um, and then my husband, obviously, he joined in and he's a numbers guy, so he runs all the nitty gritty stuff that I don't like to touch, which is like <laughs> the accounting and the legal stuff. Um, and for me, I, I pretty much do everything else. So, you know, we, I do social marketing, digital ad, copyright, uh, blogs, packaging design, all of it. And um, I do have a team of girls that work with me part time. So mm -hmm. they help, you know, they share their, their vision and, and ideas with me and we work together as a group. And um, that's pretty much where we are now. Did you have any experience with the beauty industry prior to this or was this kind of like your, uh, did you just jump right in? I just jumped right in. Oh, I wow. had zero, zero experience in beauty. I, I went to school for fashion. So. Oh, okay. Well, I feel like fashion is it, like, it's, it's kind of related a little bit, but, but also not at all. It's in the same, yeah. field. it's in the same sports game, we'll say. Exactly. Yeah. I think. I think the thing with lashes is like it's kind of different from like lipstick and foundation because for lashes I always felt like it was something that you visually you actually wear almost like apparel you know yeah mm -hmm. so with like lashes that was another thing that became a part of the brand was um, there wasn't really many other brands at that time that were talking about how the shape of the lashes were constructed and like what the size of the band was or you know the length of the lash hairs were but in apparel, you know, like if you're buying a pair of jeans, you want either like petite or tall fit. You need to know like what the waist is. You need to know like what kind of cut the jeans are. And so why shouldn't you look for something like that when you're actually putting it on your eyes and your face? Oh, absolutely. Because you're literally gluing it onto your eye. Yeah, exactly. Like it's it's good. It's going to be on there the whole day or at least until you take it off. I know a lot of there are a lot of brides that I have touched in my day who have not taken their lashes off until the next day or at least the next time they touch their face um but it's so true like uh because i if i i've encountered like a lot of lashes where the band that has been so thick that every time i blink it like cuts my tear duct yeah and, and that's like uncomfortable i totally totally understand um like, you know, without giving too much away about the product design, we spent a lot of time, like months, sourcing the type of band that we wanted to use. And a lot of times the bands that are used on the market are synthetic. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's like wearing a patent, a pair of patent leather pumps. 
your skin doesn't really breathe as much in a synthetic fiber as it would in a natural fiber. Yes. So we, op we opted for cotton, organic cotton that was actually perforated. So there's holes in it. So that's why it feels so light and it's breathable and it stays on and the glue grips to it. Wow, that is so interesting. There's just the science of this is just so interesting to me. Like, because I, I, ha I have a lot of friends who are, you know, like now becoming like cosmetic formulators. And then they like tell me all these things about like, oh, and this is how that's made. And this is what they use to put in this. And it's always like, wait, are you kidding me? So the whole time <laughs> that I've been using this, that's what actually what I'm putting on my face. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I feel like the cosmetic industry still has a lot of, has a ways to go, like in terms of regulations and stuff, like especially yeah. in the North American market, there's yeah. just so, so broad. You really don't, you really need to be cautious. And, and understand what you're putting on your face. Um, and that's so interesting be just because your brand is very, like, it's very eco-friendly. Like it's very for the environment. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And, but is that, is that hard to do like with the type of product that you sell or did you find that it was actually considerably easy? No, it was definitely really hard. Um, and I think that's why we can't really be like one of these fast fashion or fast beauty brands where we're just constantly turning out product like every two months mm -hmm. um, it's just there's a lot of thought that goes into just like the crafting the sourcing of material for the lash for the glue um, and also for packaging and and packaging is like so um, I think a lot of people don't realize how important packaging is because it's 50% of your product mm -hmm. and a lot of the packaging comes from overseas, uh, you know, maybe from China. And um, not that there's anything wrong with that. It's just hard to find something that's sustainable and ethical sometimes when it's coming from overseas. And of course, when you do it here in Canada, there's costing that goes into it. Um, and there's, you know, the, the delivery time on things sometimes isn't as fast as, you know, obviously cheap labor in China. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's definitely true. So how did you go from, um, you know, like not having like I want to hear the story of like, like, uh, I, I just want to like hear it from the beginning, like when you were like, OK, I have this idea. I want to make a lash brand that looks like lash extensions um, mm -hmm. and I want it to be eco friendly. And then here we are. I am my own boss woman and I am like running this wonderful brand that's doing amazing and did you say what like a span of two years yeah two years roughly. yeah that's incredible well thanks thanks that's super sweet um <laughs> if you're ready it's pretty long so yeah no let's hear it we got I don't know if you have the time but I got the time so yeah totally jump in um, so my husband and I at the time were, we met on Tinder like five, six years ago. And then, um, after three years, we were going to get married. But for me, like, I'm, I'm a super like anxious person around big groups of people. So I really didn't want to have a big wedding. I just wanted to elope. Um, and so when Matt and I decided to elope, we went out to Vegas and, uh, I had to hire like some MUAs that I never you normally when you hire an M MUA, you can sit with them and have like a custom, uh, yeah, like a bridal a kind of a trial. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but I didn't have that opportunity since we we're flying to Vegas. And um, I remember going through all the drugstores looking for, you know, natural looking falsies. 
Um, Cause for me, like with lash extensions, I love the look of lash extensions, but mm -hmm. one is just super expensive. Yes, um, the upkeep is, is quite, quite a lot. Yeah. And, and when they start to fall out too, it's like, oh boy. Yeah, exactly. And, and it really is different for everyone, right? Like some people mm -hmm. are good at taking care of it. It'll last like two, three weeks. Some people aren't, it'll fall out in a week. Um, and so I just couldn't, I just didn't want to go the lash extension route. So when I looked on the market, there were a lot of products that said they were natural looking. Um, the only thing was, and again, I said I was fastidious in this way, but I would notice like maybe the hair would look a little too shiny and too plastic looking, mm. or it was too blunt cut. So the ends were just like, you know, very just harshly cut. It just looked kind of. Oh vague. yeah. When they look like they've been cut with scissors. I hate that. Like, yeah, exactly. And so um, it drove me crazy. I couldn't find something that I actually liked. And um, I bought, I remember just buying, just settling for, you know, three or four pairs of, I won't name names, but, you know, a higher end product in the market that still looked just, in my opinion, just not natural looking enough. Mm. And um, we flew my family out. So my mom and my mother-in-law and my sister-in-law were my bridesmaids. Um, so they, they had the lashes as well. And that was the first time that they got to try strip lashes. Mm -hmm. And I just remember like my mom, she was tearing cause she was, ha she was having the same issue that you were talking about where the inner corner of the band was like messing with her eyes. Mm -hmm. Um, my mother-in-law just like, she was just losing it. Cause she was just like, I don't even look like myself. I look so different. Um, yeah. And my sister-in-law just didn't like it because she's she's a very natural kind of gal. She likes her her makeup very natural looking. So um, I don't know. Just from that idea, after I came back, uh, the gears started to rotate, and then I started looking at all of the options on the market. I took to my sketch pad. I started drawing out a few styles, um, and then I contacted some suppliers in Korea because they're known for making um, the synthetic fibers. Uh, like really really good synthetic fibers so I sourced some fibers there I had it sent over to China where most of the uh, manufacturing process takes place mm -hmm. and then um, yeah it took like six seven rounds of sampling back and forth to get it right and then oh, that wow. was that was just the product design itself and then came and packaging how, how long does um how long did that take like for for at least every sample to come back sometimes like a month, sometimes a month and a half. Yeah. yeah. So there was a lot of tears, um, a lot <laughs> of stress. Um, yeah, the, the overall design process for the first collection um, that we that we got the award with was about a year. Wow. But you got a yeah. like you got the award that like kind of like straight off the bat. Yeah, like within like three months after we launched. Oh. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's a that's pretty impeccable. Yeah, I wasn't expecting that at all. So that was just kind of strange. And mm -hmm. I remember my husband and I flying into New York because we got um, invited to an event with Condé Nast. Oh my um, yeah, and I walked in. I just felt so out of my element being there because <laughs> um, there was just, I don't know, there were like representatives there from like Chanel. There were representatives there from, and there there were some famous people. Um, the only thing is I'm so bad with names that... <laughs> Like I was, I would look around the room and like, I know that person, I know that person, but I don't know their name. 
Oh my goodness. I, yeah. I have a story of, I, so I used to work for Estee Lauder. Um, and wow. for Bumble, yeah, I used to work for Bumble and Bumble for Estee Lauder and, uh, I managed the Sephora accounts, uh, in the GTA. So every day I would go to a different Sephora and like be talking with the senior staff there about like how to sell the product, what the numbers were looking like, how we could push more. I had to like train um, the like their staff on like how to sell a product. Um, but Sephora gives away like they have like an award ceremony every year mm-hmm. uh, for their employees, like in the higher ups. And okay. we uh, Bumble along with a couple other brands got invited to um, like it, it was like a it was almost like a trade show where like all the brands would show up and they would set up um, like a little station and like, you know, like this, like the CEO of Sephora was there and, you know, all pretty much everyone who worked directly with him and uh, you know, the head of coordinating and the head of marketing, like they would all, they, you know, like people who all live in like California and Los Angeles were like showing up Um, and they could check out all the brands and see like, oh, I want to try this Caudalie serum, whatever. And, you know, the girls from Caudalie would give them like a little facial massage. Uh, mm-hmm. But Estee did not inform us that we would be the ones who were providing the services. And I'm the only person oh. on my team who had like hair and makeup background. <laughs> oh. um, so we show up and we had like this like small little table with a couple banners. We had no idea what we were expecting. And, you know, like a... Uh, uh, Amika had like their professional team from New York flown in oh and um, I remember my my supervisor looked at me and she was like okay you're gonna have to style like whoever is coming up to us and I was like oh my goodness and I remember I was talking with you know like all these like really important people for the like uh the company that I was working for every day and uh you know and I was like styling their hair and I was like oh please god like do not burn their scalp like oh my goodness so I know I know that feeling of just being like whoa like how did I get here yeah Um, that must have been overwhelming that's definitely that sounds overwhelming it it was a little overwhelming but looking back on it now it was actually a really fun day um but in the moment was definitely stressed so were you so you were a makeup artist because you just mentioned you were in fashion as well so mm-hmm. so you're kind of in both industries uh well I work as a makeup artist in the fashion industry that's I should have been a bit more uh specific um oh, okay, okay. yeah so just just within like the Toronto realm of fashion that's 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 what I have been doing um that's pretty the past cool. couple of years yeah it's it's been it's been really nice um, but now I'm I'm looking to more like obviously I'm doing this podcast now and I'm uh, doing a little bit more content writing and uh, writing a book and stuff like that. So that's that's just a little bit more of what I'm I'm like trying to branch out into other sectors of creativity. Oh, that's neat. It seems mm-hmm. like you wear many hats. Yes, but you also <laughs> wear many hats. This is just that's what this podcast is about. It's about people who wear many hats and all the hats that we can talk about. <laughs> yeah, I feel like there's just this like preconceived notion that everyone should just find one thing that they're good at and stick with that for the rest of their life. But yeah. it just seems so unrealistic, you know. Like, I, know. I think we're just like multifaceted beings, you know. Yes, and- absolutely. I was actually literally just talking about that yesterday with my aunt who. Um, is is older than me and she was saying how you know in her generation like people had one career and they had one stream of income for their whole lives and they would retire but 
our generation is like, you know, we have four streams of income and we do a bunch of different things and we don't really have like any set career. Um, Yeah. Kind of cool to think about. But I think that's where that notion kind of comes from is just like our parents and grandparents being like, yep, I was the manager of a grocery store and that's what I did. (laughs) And now I'm retired. That gives me massive anxiety when I think about it. Yeah. Having to be stuck at, I mean, I, my parents don't look at it that way, but, and I guess it's just their generation, they're used to that. But for me, like, I don't know, having to think about staying at a job for decades and sitting there from nine to five, I don't know, it just kills my soul. Oh, yeah. I used to, I used to work for Holt Renfrew, too. And I remember they used to tell me, they'd be like, oh, my God, just like you could do this and you could be here. And like, oh, my God, like I've been working here for 10 years. And I was like, oh, my goodness, you've been doing this for 10 years. It's like, guys, I've only been here for a couple months. I don't know how much longer I can hold on for. <laughs> yeah, I know. And that's that's actually funny because like now being, you know, being on the other end where I'm hiring people, I I get nervous about that, too. I'm like, oh, this person's so good to work with. I love them. I love having them be a part of my team. I just hope they don't get bored of this and leave soon. So, you know, I feel like it, it's it's funny just being on the, you know, the boss side of things. But that's another huge part of starting your own business is like finding the right people to work with is so so important you know mm-hmm. um people who are just like the people that i've crossed paths with sorry crossed paths with some people you know it just wasn't the right fit and then there was there the people that i've curated to work with me right now they're just as passionate about my business as i am myself so i just feel very grateful for that yeah it, you have to have like you have to have a team that is very passionate and it sounds like you you know you started your business with loved ones and I feel like that creates that kind of environment in itself like if your team doesn't yeah. like love you and like want to be a part of it then you know yeah what's the real point yeah so it was like um well this is going to be a change of topic but it was Chinese New Year this past last week mm-hmm. and uh normally when you get married in the family you're supposed to so normally before you get married you get red pockets from your parents and stuff mm-hmm. and then after you get married the kid gives red pockets to their parents so okay. I don't know if that makes sense but um we didn't give any to my parents this year because they just wouldn't accept it they're like you have your own business right now let's just worry about the business first before you give us any money um, oh yeah the, the red pockets and you put money in it okay yes 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 yeah I know yeah I know this. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. uh so what is and this is like completely moving on to a different topic but what is the what is the importance of eco-friendly beauty in in the industry from what you've learned and like how important is it and it like because I know that your brand does a lot of education about that mm-hmm. um but you know, the, uh, but like you said a couple min- like a couple minutes ago, you know, there are so many brands that just like push product constantly and consistently. Yeah. Uh, like I am gonna call out Morphe for example. Like Morphe is just like all the time go go go, and I have no idea how they do it. Yeah. And it's it's intense. It's intense stuff. Yeah, it makes small businesses like us it gives it's quite challenging for us to compete with something like that Mm because one it takes a lot of capital uh, which means it takes a lot of people um, and 
uh, you know, I, without throwing them under the bus, it's just, it's just as bad as, I mean, you think about fast fashion, right? And the mm-hmm. effects, the effects that it had on the environment and the statistics that came out in like 2016. Yeah. Um, beauty is surpassing it now. You know? Wow. And if you, if you look at, you don't even really need to look at the stats to know that the culture on Instagram has just greatly moved towards beauty. Like it's just blown up in the last few years. Yeah. Um, and if you think about, you know, how much product we all each have on our vanity table, whether they're packages that we get on a gifting basis, uh, whether they're samples that we get when we go into Sephora to make a purchase one time, mm-hmm. um, think if like 90% of that to 95% of that was not recyclable. All that stuff goes into our landfill. So, you know, why not? That I feel like that should be like the minimum requirement for a brand to put out their product. They should be considering 50% of what they're putting out, which is their packaging. Um, and, you know, if you're going to talk about clothing and fast fashion and, and, you know, like, for example, there's many, I don't know if you watch Vice, but there's a lot of Vice episodes mm-hmm. that, the rip on fast fashion, then beauty definitely needs to be one one topic because you got tons of manufacturers overseas in China just churning out like all kinds of like non-recyclable beauty products on the shelf. And uh, it's just crazy when you think about it, especially when you think about false lashes, right? Like how many pairs of false lashes for someone who's an avid lash wearer, like how many do you go through? Yeah. No, it's true. Like there, you know, and even the amount of times that you're gifted something or you pick something up and you use it once and then you're like, oh, what am I going to do with this now? Exactly. And it really it really doesn't take much to make. It is more work in a sense, like, you know, requires more patience, more thoughtfulness, more uh, conscious design. But, you know, like to make a product not uh, more recyclable or more recycle friendly you know, you just have to cut back on like the things like lamination, um, the types of dyes and colors that you put into your product, maybe go with a more ethically, ethically harvested type of paper and refrain from using glue, you know, on your products. Um, you know, I was pretty shocked, like with Starbucks, I don't know if you heard about this, but Starbucks cups, you know, they have a recycling sign on them, but it's actually just on the sleeve of the cup. So it's a sleeve that's recyclable. And I don't know if they've changed this in the last couple of years, but a few years ago I was reading an article about this and they were saying that Starbucks cups are actually not recyclable. It's just the sleeve because the cup itself is laminated with some coat or some stocking and it's got glue on it. I so, did not even know that. Yeah. Because I've, I've been putting them in the recycling bin this whole time. Same. And I, there are, so there are different levels of recyclability, like in terms of it just gets processed differently, but there are certain, I I believe, and I might butcher this, but I believe depending on the level of print or the type of print that you, uh, a packaging is made, it puts it into a different category and that whatever category it lands into, it only has a, it has a shorter lifespan of being recycled, if that makes sense. Right. So, for example, like these beautiful, cute mailer boxes that you get in the mail that, you know, are pink. Um, The the shipping boxes are pink and they have all kinds of pretty print on them and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, Those could probably be recycled 
fewer times. Whereas when you just get like a cardboard box that's non-printed, non-coded or anything like that, the lifespan of that could be reused like 10, 15 times over. Wow. Yeah. Cause I think that there's, um, you know, a lot of people are, are very obsessed with their products, like looking pretty yeah. and like looking aesthetically like pleasing, but at the same time, like, you know, and, and I, when I was really, you know, into YouTube, like back when I was like 15, 16, like I would see, um, these, uh, you know, like influencers and they would be doing like, Oh, I'm doing like a PR unboxing today. And the stuff that they sent, like actual videos in the cardboard box. Yeah. And, and, and I'm, and I would sit there and I think to myself, well, what are you, what are you going to do with that now? Are you going to keep it forever? Like, how do you dispose of that? Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. I mean, I get I get a lot of people sending product to me too. Like, just you know, especially when you start your own brand, people mm-hmm. want to collaborate with you, so they send product. And there's been times where it's like, I don't think I could work with this company just because I don't know. Like, our philosophies don't align. Right. Um, this is just too much, you know. So. And is that is that a hard decision for you to make, or does that like I would I don't know like does that is. Is declining um, collaborative opportunities like that where it just, it doesn't match? Yeah. I mean, I, I'm nice about it. I, <laughs> you know, I try not to offend, but I just feel like if I'm putting, if I'm creating my own brand based off of, you know, my own philosophies and values, then who, who I choose to work with is just equally as important, I think. So mm-hmm. uh, yeah, you know, I, I, I really love to support local businesses, small businesses. Um, but at the same time, if I feel like they're just, you know, just kind of schlepping out a lot of waste, a lot of things that are maybe marketed as cruelty-free but aren't, um, it's, I don't know, it's pretty hard to stand by that for me. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's true. Yeah. Um, do you have any, like, what are some tips for people who want to buy cruelty-free but then they're also unsure of what what the product if the product is fully cruelty free or not like how can you tell um so there's some pretty good ways you can go about that um uh, we get a lot of inquiries people that reach out to us on our contact page mm-hmm. uh, which is on our website so that's the first thing that i recommend to people like if they're very conscious of being a product being cruelty free or vegan um, the best way is to just ask the company directly and have them respond to you mm-hmm. um Obviously, a second thing would be to look at the back of the label to see like what it's marketed as. So when I first started this business adventure in like two years, two years ago, uh, as I mentioned, there were a lot of lash brands at the time that were calling themselves faux lashes. And um, if you actually went to like the fine print at the bottom on their product page, it would say that it was cruelty free harvested mink. But Oh, okay. Yeah. And over the years, I think PETA uh, and a couple other animal uh, cruelty-free like organizations kind of, I think they became a lot more cognizant of this. Mm-hmm. So um, now it's it's pretty hard to come across that now. I think the industry has, has definitely evolved a lot in the last couple of years. Right. Um, I know Lily Lashes and Velour Lashes have just recently come out with uh, synthetic instead. So mm-hmm. I think I think they're moving away from mink, which is good. Yeah. Um, do you would you ever expand? Like right now, you just make the lashes, but are you planning on expanding your brand into 
um, into all areas or are you good with like just the niche that you have? Um, I really love cosmetics. Like I've been reading up on, you know, just how to make my own eyeshadow, like mm -hmm. how to make my own like liner, things like that with natural ingredients. So while it's not like I'm in my portfolio just right now, I wouldn't say no to it down the road. Nice. Yeah. Um, and like, do you, because right now I think you, and you did say, and I do know this, that the beauty industry has like boomed, like actually exploded, mm -hmm. uh, especially with TikTok. Now skincare is exploding. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's intense. Like the, just the shift that I, I've seen. Um, and there's so many people now, like, especially so many young people who want to start, who want to start their own beauty business, which I think is amazing. It's wonderful to see all these people who want to, you know, like run yeah. their own business. But at the same time, you're right. It's such a competitive industry that we're in. Um, yeah. and how do you, like, do you have any advice for people who are wanting to start that or, you know, like throw some cautions to the wind? I don't know. Anything you would want to touch upon that? Yeah, lots actually. Um, <laughs> well, first off, like when you, when you have an idea, like to start your own business, just expect that, you know, there's going to be some ups and downs, like things aren't going to turn out exactly the way that you expect them to turn out all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, and that everyone in business, it's really, I say this to my husband all the time, it's not for the faint of heart. Like you have to realize that you're going to have great days where it's amazing. And then you're going to have, you know, maybe even a week or two where it's just like, wow, this is so shitty. Yeah. Um, that's the number one thing. Um, and the second thing is like, I think we're really privileged, privileged to live in this time of you know this time where we have social media at our fingertips mm -hmm. and to utilize that to maximize on that even though there's a lot of other brands on social that are doing their own thing um you should focus on yourself i think the best advice i ever got from someone was uh mary young who i'm not sure if you've heard of her before mm -hmm. um she has her own lingerie company mm -hmm. and she started small she blew up i think she's got like 40 50k following now nice um, and she said, you know, like when you're running your own marathon, you want to focus on yourself, your race and not the, those who are running beside you all the time, you know? Right. Yeah. Um, and so let's just say you have a great formula for skincare and this formula is made of like, you know, some pretty amazing things that you've custom made yourself. Focus on that and not what, the, what these other skincare products are putting in their product. Market yourself, know mm -hmm. yourself and, you know, Put yourself out there um and i think that's yeah i mean i think that's what we pretty much did with live was you know it wasn't about what other lash brands look like or what their packaging looked like or what their product looked like just i kind of knew what i wanted and i'm still pursuing it and yeah that's that's what i'm setting out to do mm -hmm. i do see that there's a lot of brands that even some like big influencer brands that will like copy other people's packaging yeah. Um, and there, I know that there's, well, yeah, there's been a lot of scandals about that recently. So it's, you definitely have to, um, yeah, I think you have to focus on like your vision because that's yeah. what set you apart from everybody else in the end. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And there's, yeah, there's been experiences like that, even with us too, you know, like I'll 
I'll be perusing around and I'll come across like copyright where it's just like, okay, I'm pretty sure I wrote that. Like, um, and then you just kind of, the thing is like, if you focus on yourself, no one knows what's going on, what no one knows what's really going on up in your own head. You know, Mm -hmm. only, you know, what your next collection is going to look like. Only you have the ideas up there. And so, you know, that's, that's all you can really do. You can't really stop anyone from copying you. Yeah. I I think uh, I heard somebody say this recently, and I wasn't sure. I, I don't remember who it was, but um, it was basically like keep your moves quiet. But yeah. like you know, when you get there, you can show it. But as you're moving, like you know, just keep it to yourself because you never yeah. know. Yep. Totally. Mm-hmm. Totally. Oh my goodness. Well, thank you so much for for talking with me today. Yeah, it's been such a pleasure. Thank you're you. uh, you're blowing up my feed, FYI, on uh, on social. <laughs> Every day when I go on, I'm like, I see your reels and I see your posts and stuff. And yeah, you're gorgeous. Keep it up. Thank you. Thank you very much. You are also beautiful and wonderful and have this actual oh, amazing brand. Like I cannot speak like because I've, I've tried the lashes. I've used them. They're wonderful they're they're they genuinely feel so high quality and like I can just tell that you you did really put a lot of thought into it um well thank you that means so much yeah no I I can't I can't wait to see like what's gonna happen just with the next couple of years with uh with your brand I know it's gonna be big stuff big stuff yeah we've got some new exciting things coming in the next few months so stay tuned oh I definitely will (laughs) yeah Um, for sure Okay, uh, is it just me, or does she have just the calmest, most soothing voice of all time? Like, I felt like I wanted to travel back in time with her and have her read me bedtime stories as a kid. Um, <laughs> Sorry, I just uh, had to laugh there for a second. Um, yeah, like I said in the beginning, I just think that she is such an inspiring woman, and she's done so many good things in such a short amount of time um and if you'd like to follow her brands lithe lashes uh you can they're on instagram and they have some really cool and amazing content and uh talk to some other really amazing creators and i really think that it's worth checking out and stay tuned for next week's episode uh, so excited so 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 excited for this uh we will be talking about psychedelics so uh, keep your eyes peeled because that i I think it's going to be the longest episode i've ever recorded to date because it was just such an amazing and fascinating conversation um and yeah uh thank you so much for listening to this please share this podcast tag me in it in your stories that i can repost them and i can follow you uh give me a rating or a review on apple Podcasts if you listen and share it with the world okay um that was embarrassing and i'm leaving now goodbye